Hello again, and welcome to the Laundromat Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Radke. As a word and communications guy, the last thing I want to do is dabble in anything numbers related, dollars and cents, things like that are definitely not my forte. So when we want to attack that topic on the show, we bring in the big guns, the experts in financing, uh, folks that can do this standing on their head. So we want to talk a little bit today about acquisition financing. And our big gun today is Tina Goff, our senior financial sales specialist. Did I say that all correctly? You did. So tell us a little bit about your experience in lending. Yeah. So I've been with uh, Alliance Laundry Systems for over 10 and a half years, financing the laundry industry and the investor. And prior to that, I had 15 years of mortgage lending experience. So. A lot of experience in lending and finding those long-term, short-term solutions for investors. Fabulous. And again, we want to kind of get into this idea of acquisition financing, right? Our industry continues to grow, which can sometimes mean competition for available spaces uh, with, with new investors coming in. Often, the path of least resistance can be finding an existing location, which kind of streamlines that that whole build out process, right? The permitting and things like that are are a little bit more more simplified. Why might an owner want to consider acquiring an existing location? Yeah, so there's a couple great reasons why you would want to go that route. One, the primary uh, advantage is that you know a store that's opened and operating has an existing customer base. And essentially what that means is that it has revenues that are being generated that is hits the bottom line. The other uh, advantage is just the overall out-of-pocket expenses to that investor, whether it be from the percentage of down payment needed is usually a little bit less on an acquisition. And then once the store is taken over, from an improvement standpoint, there are a lot lower expenses to improve that location than if you were starting out from a vanilla shell. There's definitely an upside to acquiring something that's up and running, right? Like you, the, the, the marketing out of the gate and things like that. You already have customers coming in. You can plug and play and uh, ideally, obviously, improve upon what they're doing. So as I look at this, then, what are the basics I need to be thinking about as I determine if this store is something worth pursuing, right? Like all stores aren't created equal. We like to talk about dark stores or zombie mats, things like that. How mm -hmm. do I kind of do that, that upfront work to decide, am I wasting my time with this? Is this too far gone? What, what are the considerations within that realm? Yeah, so good question. So there's really three factors that I like to break it down to that an investor should be looking at. And those are one, the equipment condition, second, laundromat condition. And then the third is why is the owner selling? And I can kind of go into each of those a little bit more in detail. So with regards to the equipment condition, they need to be looking at the age of the equipment. Is that store, does it have older equipment or is it newer equipment? Is it in need of repair and it needs to be kept up? Or is it you know, operating equipment that's newer that kind of has low maintenance? 
The other item when it comes to the equipment that an investor wants to look at really is the controls and the technology. Keep in mind, older controls is not really going to get you the information necessarily on revenues and what the store's doing and performance wise. And newer controls can allow investors to have cycle modifiers and increase their overall revenue and upcharge customers based on additional wash cycles, those types of things. It's not to say that it's good or bad. It's just having a clear idea of what they're getting themselves involved in. The second factor that I mentioned was the overall laundry condition. You want to think about your business and what it looks like in the current cosmetics. And does it look like a healthy laundromat or does it need to be upgraded? The bathrooms, the, the flooring, the lighting, is it clean and, and a nice lighted environment? And is it really the space that you want to own? And if not, um, again, I wouldn't say it's good or bad. It just means that if it's not where you want it to be, then you're going to have to put some improvements into the, loca the location, which is going to have to be out-of-pocket expenses. And then the third factor to really look at is why is the owner selling? Um, is it, you know, is the, over, the owner overwhelmed with keeping the store up and the maintenance of it due to the age of the equipment? Or, or are they just selling it because it's time to retire? Those are things just to consider and just get a true picture of what, he, what that investor is getting themselves into. Right. So none of them in and of themselves is a game over, right? So if I, I walk in and I'm, I'm staring at 35-year-old equipment and a lot of out-of-order signs, I'm not necessarily disregarding that idea, right? I know what I need to know up front is I'm likely going to have to upgrade it or I'm going to have to get my hands dirty early and often. So it's mm -hmm. all that stuff that mm -hmm. is probably going to start guiding me toward a, a price point, right? Like I'm going to start to bring these factors in then as, as we determine a fair and equitable purchase price. That's correct. That's exactly it. Newer equipment, maintained store is probably going to have a higher price point than one that's run down and not kept up. Absolutely. That dovetails perfectly in, into my next question then as we, we do the heavy lifting of valuing the store. What are you looking for as a lender? I know that there's multiple ways to affix a value to a location. What are the ones that, that you're looking for? What are the ones that are nice, nice to have or nice to knows? And which are the ones that are going to be problematic that you got to go, oh, that's not really uh, an accurate number? There's a couple ways to determine a value of the store. One way is a multitude of gross revenues. This, this way just looks at the top line revenues that that store is doing, and it doesn't factor in expenses. So that's not one that we really look at. From a market standpoint, I would say the more commonly used determination is based on EBITDA. And EBITDA, what that means is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And what that is, is you take a look at the gross revenues, subtract out those expenses, and that's your yearly EBITDA. And then that's usually times by a multiplier from three to six times. That multiplier is really based on a multitude of factors, population density, location, sometimes the condition and age of the equipment, 
And that's really where the buyer and the seller negotiate that and determines what that value is and that sales price is. As I look at it, I get that EBITDA figure and that's my baseline. So now as a purchaser, I come back and I go, hey, I'm staring at 35-year-old equipment. Half of it's out of order. I know I'm going to have to retool. Here's my retool cost. And I guess ideally that purchase price starts to come down then, right? Exactly. What mistakes do they make in valuation of the sort? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, I think one of the reasons why it kind of stumps me is because as a lender, um, we this is all we do. So we take a look at that loan amount, what we're going to loan that customer, and we make sure that it cash flows. So on our end, there's not a mistake there of being able to have the store cash flow based on what they're borrowing. But probably I would say just thinking through the question is, you know, maybe what it would cost to improve the location, you know, with cost of improvements and construction going up. Um, if unless they get a, a bid ahead of time, it may be more than what they anticipated. So that's why we t like to those factors that we mentioned is, you know, how is the store now and what do they want their store to look like? The second part of that question then is to go and see what it's going to cost to get it to that point of how they want it to look like. Right. And maybe some of the mistakes that customers, investors make is that they don't do their due diligence and seeing what it truly is going to cost. I think that that probably would be the biggest item. And then maybe the second one would be probably the cost of repairs. Um, you know, if it is older equipment, especially if the current owner does their own repairs and the new owner isn't going to make their repairs and they have to hire it out. Now that's an added expense that they didn't plan for. So those are probably a couple of the bigger ones that I would venture to guess would be some surprises on the buyer's side. As, a, as the lender, how do you work that? If I come to you and I want to buy this laundromat and I've got my EBITDA figure and, and we agree on a price, do you get deep into it? Let, let's say we're working with that, that rundown mat that has really old equipment and, and it needs a lot of TLC. And uh, as the purchaser, I'm like, well, you know, I, I can do a lot of that work myself. and I don't mind getting my hands dirty and fixing the equipment. Do you kind of dig deeper then as a lender and go, well, you know, these numbers aren't really going to match up. You're going to have more mm -hmm. upfront expense than you really realize. So we really don't get in, involved with setting and giving advice on what the store should be sold for, but we do take a look at what we can loan on that store. And so when we're looking at a location, we do require two years of business taxes on that location from the seller. Sometimes a seller will have multiple locations on those taxes. So then what we ask for is a P&L, um, 12 months of water bills because we do do a water bill analysis. And then if it is networking machines, then we do ask for the reports on those. And then what we take a look at is we look at what all that says the store is doing from a net income perspective. And then we look at that and times that by five, and then we'll loan up to 65% of that value or the purchase price, whichever's less on just a straight acquisition. 
So gotcha. we do we do our own homework. And um, because we really, truly want that investor to be successful and have the cash flow there to be able to make payments on the loan. Absolutely. And, and that's where that you're, you're acting as another kind of gut check. It's that second level. I think I look at the distributor as that in-market kind of professional that should be able to give you a going rate on, hey, here's what work needs to get done and here's what you need to factor in. Mm -hmm. And then you guys are, are really that second level of that gut check on the numbers, making sure it all works out, that everything makes sense and it's and it's accurate. Absolutely. So switching gears, let's get into the numbers a little bit. I was I was shocked at the kind of packages that, that Speed Queen offers in the area of acquisition financing. There's some percentages that uh, that were eye opening. Talk a little bit about what you can offer someone who wants to grow their business through acquisition. We have two different programs. One is just a straight acquisition program, and and that is just what it says that we will finance the purchase of an existing opened and operating store. And the down payment on that type of a transaction is 30 to 35%. The term of the loan is really based on the age of the equipment. So if that store has older equipment, the term is going to be shorter, let's say three to six years if it's older equipment. If it's newer equipment, seven years old, then we can go longer to seven or eight year term. What we like to do and we recommend is getting the distributor involved to take a look at that location to see how they can maximize their profits on that location. So if it's got older equipment, you know, we get the distributor involved if they're not already and have them go and look at the store and see what needs to be done right away. And we have what's called an acquisition retool program, which is great because what happens is if they need to replace equipment right away, Randy, then not only do we help with the acquisition, but then we right away roll that acquisition loan into a new equipment purchase loan. And the benefits of that is instead of putting 30 to 35% down, we would only need 20 or 25% down on that acquisition purchase. And then when we roll that loan into the new equipment loan, we extend out that term to eight and possibly nine, 10 year loan and the interest rate drops 1%. And I've seen 99% of the time, honestly, that the loan payment on that acquisition retool loan where the new equipment had gotten rolled in is the same, if not lower, than what the acquisition payment is. So now they've purchased the store, they have all brand new equipment, and they can raise their VIN prices, have a better cash flow, and their payment's the same, if not lower. So it's just a win-win, and there's less money out of pocket for that investor because of the down payment going from 30 to 35% to 20 to 25%. So it's just a really great program and we've had great success with it. That 80% figure, I think, was what stopped traffic for me. I, I had to I had to double take on it. And so you're gonna finance 80% of my acquisition and and the retool? I, I was shocked. Do you, are people shocked when you kind of start to walk through these programs and and go, my gosh, why why wouldn't I do that? I'm gonna get better efficiency on the equipment. I don't have the service techs out here repairing stuff all the time. Or are, are people like 
wow, this is amazing. Yeah, they are surprised. I mean, it, it is probably the less expensive way to be able to get into the laundry industry and have the least amount of out-of-pocket cost. Um, you know, I've seen if, if you've got a rundown store, I mean, think about it. You know, if it's a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollar purchase price, you're putting twenty per twenty thousand dollars down, and you've just purchased yourself a laundry, and you're you're in the market. So you've got to find those locations, right? But yes, it's it's a great way inexpensively to get into the industry. That's absolutely amazing. Um, what, a, what a great package. So I'll give you a pitch opportunity here. Why do I want to work <laughs> with a manufacturer for financing? I think I heard a good chunk of it in this acquisition <laughs> financing program. Um, but why, why work yeah. with, the, with us? I would say the primary reason is the manufacturer is the expert in the industry, right? They know the business. This is all they do. They know how to value a store. And for lack of a better term, we have your back. I mean, we're not in the business to run laundries. We're in the business to sell equipment. And we want to make you as an investor successful. And so this is what we know. We take a look at the location. It's another set of eyes. Um, and we look at the demographics and the potential of the store, and we make sure that it's a good spot for the investor. The other key item is, you know, we look at the cash flow. We know how to value that store. And, you know, we have short-term and long-term financing programs to get investors into that location and to optimize their cash flow. And, I think the, the, the major difference between a bank and a manufacturer captive finance company is that we have very quick turnaround times. So we do this all the time. Um, we know how to value the location, which is going to be our collateral, right? And so we can do it very quickly within a matter of a week, you know, two weeks once we have all the documentation, whereas the bank really doesn't know how to value a laundry and what to look at. It takes them a little bit longer to assess their the asset, and we just we do it quickly and efficiently. As I talk to people, those are the the top two that that come up for me is that extra set of eyes. You know, if if mm -hmm. everything makes sense, you've got that that gut check that you know the demographics, everything worked, the store should be successful, and then number two, you know. Time is money and, and the speed to approval makes a difference in getting deals done. You know, you see, I think you see that a ton, obviously, in the housing market, right? Like people who, who take an extra day during a hot market sometimes are, are missing out on that dream house that they wanted. So, you know, having a lender and, uh, and being in a situation where you're ready to go really can make a difference in getting deals done. So if I like everything I hear and I do, what are the next steps for, for owners who are looking to acquire another store? Do they get pre-approved through Speed Queen? What, what do they need to do? Good question. So um, they can go online at speedqueencommercial.com and get pre-qualified with a one-page credit application and a personal financial statement that's there all in line. And they can get instantly pre-qualified based on what they've completed all the way up to $2 million. So it's quick and easy. And then the other benefit of getting pre-qualified is that it shows 
that you're earnest about making a purchase to that seller. So when you come to them, just like buying a house, right? If you have a pre-qualification letter, it carries some weight. So if there's a, a multiple of potential buyers, you know, it could potentially move you to the top of the list because you've already gone through the steps of being pre-qualified. And then it, it lets you see what you're pre-qualified for from an aspect of your down payment, your credit, your net worth, all of those items. So it just gets the process started for you. So that way you can compete in the market. Is it really that easy? People are always like, oh, no, there's no way that <laughs> getting pre-approved is that easy. Is it? It is. It is very easy. And it takes probably five minutes. You know, it's a starting point. So, it, I mean, it literally is one page credit application and just personal financial statement that tells you a little bit about what you have in your checking account, retirement, your assets, and then your expenses. So it's really easy and it gets you a starting point, especially if you're new in the market. It lets you know what you can be uh, pre-qualified for. And then we can kind of go over payments and what certain dollar months look like and start having those conversations of what would it be like owning a laundry and, and what those payments are. So this totally easy process, this great acquisition financing that allows me to retool and get the business. Why am I not in this business, Tina? Tell me that. <laughs> I don't know. You should uh, <laughs> fill out a pre-qualification letter, Randy, and talk to your local distributor. You know, that's a good source to find those locations and, and get started. That sounds like a pretty great idea. I, I knew you would take it there. You did not disappoint. <laughs> so I, wrap it up for me. What are, you, what are your final thoughts, tips, advice for anybody out there listening and, and thinking about a program like this? Yeah, yeah. I, I think my, a couple of things that I haven't touched on is one is, you know, look for the distributor, Speed Queen distributor in your area. You can go on to speedqueencommercial.com. There's a button there that says locate a representative. And just, you know, reach out to them. They know their market. They know what's out there. And um, they're just a wealth of information. A lot of these stores have 30 years worth of history. And there's nobody that's going to know that better than your distributor, um, Speed Queen distributor. So I would say really get them involved early on in the process. And they're going to be there for you. You want a good resource um, that's going to be uh, behind you. And they're, they're a great resource. And then the other item that we haven't really touched on, and that's the lease. I would recommend that when you're looking at all those factors of that laundry, the lease term is, is a, an important piece of acquiring that laundry. You want to have the longest lease term that you can. And if there's only a couple years left, then now is the time to negotiate that with the landlord is when you're purchasing it, not after you've purchased it. So, you know, you want to try to get the longest lease term that you can, which is 10 years. And then, uh, you know, you want to have an option period as well. And usually that's two five-year options. So that's the other piece that you want to uh, look at because that brings value to your location if you have a long-term lease. And is that persuasive as I look at, Hey, here's a location that's been in decline for a while. Uh, that landlord mm -hmm. probably isn't happy to see that, right? Because as you you see that decline, the clientele isn't as great either. You get more of the kind of value shoppers. But if you as a, a new investor, new owner come in and you're able to show, hey, I'm 
I'm retooling this. I'm coming in and there's going to be touch screens in here. We're going to have a payment app. Are those persuasive to the landlord to, to have them go? Yeah. Okay. This is, this is once again, going to become an asset and, and help drive business to other businesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, a landlord, they want uh, tenants that are going to keep up the space, not tear it down and bring in more business to that center. So absolutely. That's it's a a win-win. Tina, thank you so much for joining us on the show and educating us on all this acquisition financing. Uh, Definitely learned a lot. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners as well. Appreciate you joining us every, every episode. So we'll see you again next time.